It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters— with new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Getting you ready for all of Sunday's betting action, this is Sunday Bet Prep on VSIN, the sports betting network. The second season has begun. Welcome to Sunday Bet Prep, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, Dave Ross. Adam Kaufman coming at you for the next three hours. I am here at Circus Sportsbook in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. He is in cold Boston, Mass. How cold? Because it's freezing in Vegas. It's 50. People are covered up head to toe. (laughs) It is ridiculous out here. That's because all of you are soft. Let's let's be honest. Let's call it what it is. But but even still, I mean, here it's like forty. It's not. 40. It's not not yeah. Thirty five. Oh, it's not okay. crazy. It's not. It's not Kansas City cold. It's, it's not, not Buffalo. Buffalo cold. You know, with all like, with those wusses having to move the game a day because everyone was so freezing. You know, that's we don't have that going on in Boston yet. But of course, we are sitting here in in what mid to late January. No, it'll so get there. It's, it's it's coming. Yeah, it's coming. Look, we get it. We're always trying to be safe these days, and we understand that. But I, I kind of laugh when I see the outrage or the fake outrage, as I like to call it out there on social media. I'm like, oh, my goodness, we got to move these games. Danger to the players. And you watch, you watch the games, and guys are out there in short sleeves. They're like, like, short sleeves. They're like, we're fine. Okay, everybody just relax. It's going to be over in yeah. three hours. We'll go in and have some hot cocoa, and everything's going to be better, as it always is with hot cocoa. And, you know, yeah. some of the most iconic games in the history of this league – are kind of weather-induced. Where you mm-hmm. go back and you, I mean, for the Ice Bowl in 67 and the famed block for Jerry Kramer to get Bart Starr over the end zone. Like, we talk about that. The pool game, the snowball. Boom! The Fog Bowl in Chicago, Randall Cunningham. They couldn't yeah. see the receivers. They played that game. Like, we remember those iconic moments because of bad weather. So, we'll mm-hmm. get there. I don't know what happened in my, my lifetime, but eventually everybody's going to be in a dome. Everything will be air-conditioned. Everything's going to be on fake turf. And you won't Double get... Boring. Yes, you will not get some of these lasting memories that we're going to have that are going to be made this weekend. And look, 
I saw the pictures in Buffalo. It looks awful. They're going to move it to Monday. It's not the end of the world. But, Adam, you know, we were talking about this with Dan Moneyline Miller, our producer, kind of the tentacles of this announcement of postponing it. And to me, win, lose, or draw, whoever moves on, they're already at a disadvantage because let's say, mm-hmm. you know, they got to go on the road, whichever team wins. It's going to be yep. on a short week. And even if Buffalo gets to host, it's still a short week. So no mm-hmm. matter what, they're already losing out on time. And I always say this, Adam. You never come out of a football game healthier than you went into it. No, it surprises me that they would even have Monday games scheduled this time of year. I realize that this particular game that has moved from Sunday to Monday is a special circumstance. It wasn't supposed to be that way. It was two Saturday, triple header on Sunday, one game Monday, just to sort of you know, fill out the calendar and be able to make it network and ratings friendly and stagger games and all. Like, I get it from a ratings perspective, but if we really are trying to look for the advantage to the teams, the players, and making everything uniform and fair, especially, obviously, with some teams having bye weeks and getting all that rest, you know, it's not even like we live in the double bye week world anymore where the top two seeds in each conference both got a week off now it's just the one team and so it's the whole rest versus rust thing and these teams that like you said have to play on a monday and then the following weekend you know potentially even on a saturday or whether it's sunday and you know it could be two fewer days rest or, or two less days rest than another team it's it's bonkers it doesn't make sense you don't need to have a monday game and i get it's a holiday that plays into it too like a you know a corporate company holiday a national holiday but it's it's it doesn't need to have a football game you know just because people are theoretically around and it's available it's an open slot you don't need to do it i mean give us three saturday three sunday and again if if Certain things arise, like the Bills-Steelers situation. I mean, last time a game was moved because of weather was what, like a, a decade ago, longer than that? It's It's been quite a while. This is not something that happens frequently. So fine, again, special circumstance. But to schedule games on a Monday yeah. and know that you are leaning into that disadvantage as a league, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't like it. You nailed it. It, 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 it. Before they moved this Bills-Steelers game from an early window, ironically, to a later start time, I believe, on Monday. So it might even be worse right. weather. Who knows? Yeah, who knows if it, it's going to be colder, that's for sure, than it would have been if they played it. Remember, tomorrow, they saw all the pictures tonight from Buffalo, and it looks like, you know, it looks like the Arctic. Yeah, it looks like north of the wall in Game of Thrones. I mean, it really does, okay? <laughs> so I get that. But they were going to play that. They weren't playing this game tonight. That's the thing that, like, I think people have a disconnect. It was going to be a 1 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow. And now it's going to be yeah. late and actually might be colder when they play the game Monday. So, like, neither here nor there, but it's just, it just it seems odd that they make this decision. But you nailed the first part of it, which is the two teams that are already supposed to play, Buccaneers and Eagles, would be at a disadvantage no matter who wins, no matter what. And why mm-hmm. the league does that when we're trying to be fair – at the most important time of the year, like we talk about this in the regular season, the teams that go overseas and are they at a disadvantage and do they have enough time to reacclimate and all that? That's fine. That's regular season. This is the postseason. And if Eagles are now favored by three, this totals at 43. We'll talk a lot about this. Uh, Tyler Dragon, uh, Tanner Curran, and Scott Pritchett are going to talk some hoops with us at the in hour number three. But it just it, it's a competitive disadvantage no matter who wins 
on Monday night with a built-in short week that does not have to happen. Regular season, we all accept it. Postseason, Adam, you nailed it on the head. It is a competitive disadvantage, and we're supposed to just turn a blind eye to that. And as betters, you need to remember this stuff when we turn the page next week and look at the numbers, whoever wins on Monday night, because it gets lost sometimes in the translation that there will be a team for whatever reason, as bizarre as it is, it's for money. We all know that we'll be playing at a competitive disadvantage. They're going to be more banged up and they're going to be on a short week, no matter who wins Monday night. And now you can add the Steelers and the bills to that list as they move on. So Good on you. It's also just super hip. It's hypocritical. It is completely hypocritical. Yeah. How how often? And I'm asking this, I guess, rhetorically because I don't know the answer other than to say it doesn't happen. How often do we reschedule games in the NFL because it's too hot? You know, it's a hundred. It's it's a (laughs) hundred ten degrees. Player safety is a concern. Never this game that never happens. You know what? It's not even a thought. they got oxygen on the sidelines if a guy has to run too much. And they got fans and spritzers and wa- tons of water and fluids and IV if you have to. Like, they've got it figured out. So why are we sitting here saying, ah, it's a little too cold? And don't get me wrong. Like, I'm I'm not calling these players babies. Oh, no, it's not the like, players. I sure as hell couldn't do it. I'm calling the league, you know, out for making the players seem like they're babies for it because the players to your point they players be- aren't asking for this at least no. not publicly they're not asking for it and they're showing the other way when you know travis kelsey and all these other guys and go throughout history it's all the, like uh, like tommy tough guys showing up short sleeves they don't have lo- the, the long sleeves on they don't have gloves on no. they don't have but they, because the, and and some of it's for image and i'm a man and all that stuff. but uh, also it's just easier right they oh. want to be out there. They want to be comfortable. They want to be wearing what they're normally wearing, running with ease. They know that if they're, they're not going to be as cold when they're constantly moving. Like, I'd rather be a, a wide receiver or running back, a, a, a tight end versus, like, a lineman who really doesn't, you know, you're like, you're just sort of pushing and pulling. You're tugging. You're in the trenches. You're not having that kind of movement running, like, sprints out on the field. That's totally different. It's totally different, and the players do not like put heaters on the side. Oh my god, that's, that's the thing. Like, what are we doing? They're 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 acting like that we're putting these people to their deathbeds for three the hours. Fans are the ones in danger? Correct. Anything. It's not it, the players. It's not the players going to be fine. They got everything. Everybody's like, oh, this isn't the '60s anymore. Yeah, it's not. They've got heaters. They're all right. good. They're taking care of the second they walk off the field. This is we're not putting them north of the wall. We're not asking them to fight the White Walkers. This is just a football game for three hours. I'm very impressed. This is like your first 2000s reference. This is like from Golf Flat, man. This you know, is, I'm proud of you. And it's funny because people are like, oh, you're not going to like Game of Thrones. I love it. It was fantastic. <laughs> I absolutely ate it, ate it up. And it's like, and that's what I'm looking at. I'm like, this is not that. Like, why are we, why are we like fighting for them? They're not asking us to fight this. They're okay with playing. The only people that have a problem with it are the keyboard warriors on X going, oh, this is a travesty. We can't play these games. This is an inhumane. Inhumane? It's football for three hours. It's not the end of the world. But I digress. Well, and let's be honest, then more importantly, when the reports came out that a lot of books, not all books, but some books were going to, you know, void Uh bets, 
for mm -hmm. that Bills game when people were ecstatic about getting either a certain number on the total or the minus nine and a half as opposed to 10, yep. how it impacted their teasers. I can't tell you the number of people that I talked to and heard from today who are just irate. What do you mean with this? The book is voiding this bet. It's it's played the next day. It's not in a different city. It's not three months later. Like, what, what are we voiding it for? You moved it fine keep my number yeah why do you because the conditions are better you're that's you're taking it. my money that's it's it. absurd that if we're counting now we'll find out if this is true that the wind won't be as bad that i mean really that's what we talk about all the time in the network obviously it's the, the wind is what affects the the over-unders more than the snow or the mm -hmm. cold it's going to be the wind and maybe the wind won't be as bad monday then you might get some more points and then all those totals that drop like a rock the books will be caught maybe in a precarious position shall we say but you know getting back to kind of like why we love as fans these games so much tom coughlin face we all know oh, what that means. We know Scarred. what it means because of Tom Coughlin facing Green Bay. Like yeah. that that happened. And then they went on to beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl that same year. Like he got that, it again. Yes. Like that's <laughs> that's a, a a moment that's in our brain forever, collectively as football fans. And we take that stuff away when we say, Oh, it's moving all the domes. Don't play them outside. It's too cold for these poor guys. Oh. It's not. They're all gonna survive. Everybody's going to be fine. And we just need to calm down a little bit with all this stuff. About, we got to move game. And then, like, you, you can't drive. By the way, they had a Sabres game tonight. They still play that. Fans could drive there. They just Look, we, I mean, think, think back to last year, right? Like, if I say to you, Bill's Patriots game last year, you remember it? You'll I, say, or, or two oh, years yeah. ago, whatever it was. Mac say, Jones? Yeah, yeah. Remember Mac Jones threw he the couldn't ball, throw like, the ball. Because of the wind. And they won the game. And they won the game. My goodness. Much you know more to get to. CJ Stroud's first win? CJ <laughs> Stroud. Yes. Back with more Sunday Night Prep in a moment. Attention, all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sunday Bet Prep on VSIN, the sports betting network. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today. Get unlimited access to our VSIN.com slash picks page. I had a pick today. We'll see how it, uh, it's going to play out for tomorrow. That's going to be Cowboys laying the seven. We'll get into that as the show goes on. For more VSIN Pro picks, become a VSIN Pro subscriber today. Sunday Bet Prep is going to give you 10% off an annual subscription when you use the promo code. Prep. How about that, Adam Kaufman? You and I and Dan Moneyline Miller, as a mm. part of Sunday Bet Prep, are going to give you 10% off your annual subscription by using the promo code PREP. Because that's what oh, we do. I love that. We prep. We give back to the people. We're men of the people. Yeah. That's For true. the people. We are the people, really. By the people. Exact. We are the people. Wasn't there a yeah. song? We, uh, are we, are world. World. we are yeah, the world. We are the world. Yeah. Something like that. Seems we very, are the people. You know, we are the ones who. Make yeah, make it, it a better, better day. Kind of egotistical yeah, to say that, right? That we are the world. <laughs> well, that's because we're Americans. <laughs> <laughs> we are the world, everybody. We are the world. We make you better. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, I mean, you are, as you just noted, a Cowboys fan oh. who, you know, refer to yourselves or your team as America's it. team. It's the most arrogant thing that any fan base can do. And we, and I speak for we, we love it. We love to do just. You think, do you think like Jerry Jones has America's team tattooed on his body somewhere? I would. I, I, I'll make this. I'll I make would. this pledge, America. <laughs> if you help me buy the Dallas Cowboys from Jerry Jones, I will put it right on my back. America's team. It'd be like a flag and then team. How about how about something more simple? Like, yeah. Because and and you did you know you're you're a a a, a man of armed forces Ura. background. But you've already given it back to the country, and we thank you for your service. How, how about you just showing your commitment to the Cowboys? You know, you like you are probably already have an American flag tattoo somewhere on your body. Why don't you just write America's team with a star right next to it? I have no tattoos, Adam. You know why? Because I was on the back of a truck. I'll, I'll give you guys a memory lane. This is back at Fort Sill, Oklahoma, Army Base. As a young Marine— Right, We used to wake up the Army and wake them up and start doing PT, physical training, before they would wake up. And then all of us, you know, we're all hard chargers. We got on the back of the truck. We're going to Oklahoma City. We're all getting tattoos. And young me gets off the back of the truck because I knew 
that if I was going to be in the CIA one day, I couldn't have identifying marks. And everybody's like, well, how'd that work out? And I'm like, how do you know this isn't my cover? How do you know <laughs> that me being here at Visa with you, Adam, isn't just part of a rogue operation? And really, I got eyes everywhere. I'm watching Dan Miller to see where his Venmo accounts go. I'll tell you how I know, because I've seen your Twitter feed. <laughs> you know that's not CIA material. Yeah. <laughs> that has not been approved by the government. <laughs> totally not approved by the government, that's for sure. <laughs> we saw a, an absolute blowout uh, earlier today in a dome. No weather yeah. issues. And no, you know, nobody's ever going to remember it. No, they're not going to They won't remember this game. They might remember it as the no. Flacco back to being Joe Flacco game. I gets picked a couple times. It wasn't pretty. You know, pick six really flipped the game around. But even at that point. Back to back. Yeah. And, you know, even before the, the back to back pick sixes, it felt like if you were on the Texans side, you look, I had them plus two and a half. I wish I just had the you know what's to take a money line here. Didn't even need it. Uh, felt like the right side was Houston. You know, this, this Browns defense, as much as we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about Flacco, the Browns defense for being one of the best, if not the best unit in football at home became one of the worst units, if you look statistically, on the road. Not today, all right. year. Like, Adam, that's a weird bipolar defense to mm -hmm. be that good at home and that bad on the road. What was your biggest takeaway from the Texans' win today? Well, so I was on the over in that game, oh, which wow. cashed, you know, pretty sweat-free. And Almost that, that the was first one day. of my bigger debts. Yeah, that was one of my bigger bets of the day. So I was happy about that. But unlike you, I was on the Brown side. I put, you know, too much faith in in that defense. And it, it's not even that I, I – I wouldn't say I didn't, you know, underestimate or not respect C.J. Stroud and the Texans' offense enough. I'm, I'm a big fan of Stroud and that offense and Nico Collins and Devin Singletary and what they've been able to do throughout this year when he's been healthy and available. So it wasn't even so much that as, as you noted, kind of ignoring the splits and just believing that a defense that generally was elite during the regular season would continue to be in the playoffs. And obviously – the game wasn't as ugly as the final score indicates because of those pick sixes that yeah. very quickly turned a 10-point deficit into a, you know, down 24 and and then some. Like, it got worse as it kept going very quickly. And uh, it just, you know, there was, there was no coming back. I mean, by the midpoint of the third quarter, certainly by the end of the third quarter, there was nothing Cleveland was going to be able to do. It was over. Hell, in the fourth quarter at one point, Stroud was sat just to keep him healthy, put him in plastic, you know, a plastic wrap in a bubble. They put Davis Mills out there because what the hell, why not? I mean, the game was over. And, you know, I there were there were some very, in my mind, predictable elements to this game. I, I was on David Njoku uh, over for receptions, over for yards. You knew Flacco was going to lean on him. I was over Flacco on his passing yards. You know, I thought Stroud was going to have a, a good day. I, I was over on... Uh, what else? Nico Collins. Wow. But, you know, there, but, but again, I, it, the game didn't, as much as I figured Amari Cooper would not be the Amari Cooper we saw a few weeks ago, putting up 265 yards, obviously, I, I figured that, you know, they, they would find a way the Texans to keep him in check, which would again, open up the opportunities for Njoku and, and have the day that he had. 
I still just kind of figured Flacco and that offense in general, and, and even some element of the running game, which really never showed up, was going to find a way to, if nothing else, keep the Browns close. And again, I thought Cleveland would win. I bet on the Browns. Clearly, I was wrong about that by a, a wide margin. It was a 31-point win for Houston by the end. But, you know, it was, I don't know, maybe some of it was looking at Flacco and and the Super Bowl winning experience, mm -hmm. guy who's had deep playoff runs. He's been there multiple times. Stroud, he's there for the first time. You look at some of the numbers historically for first-time quarterbacks in the playoffs who, you know, are road or road or home for that matter, just underdogs in general, and the numbers just do not favor them. I, I figured, all right, this there, there are some disadvantages, very clear ones historically speaking against Stroud. But, you know, one of the things that I did say along the way and maybe should have listened to myself more is you look at the list of guys who fall into that category. Like for instance, I'll, I'll read it to you and credit to Walter football, walterfootball.com for digging this up. Uh, Cause it really, I did find it interesting looking at it before the game quarterbacks making their first career playoff start as home underdogs two and seven straight up. Okay. So I, I really paid attention to that. Obviously two and seven straight up three and six against the spread. But the guys on this list, Dave, Taylor Heineke, most recently, wow. Carson Wentz before that Cam Newton, who obviously had a very good career. Alex Smith, Tim Tebow, we remember that win oh, yeah. for the Broncos. Uh, Matt Castle, Tavares Jackson, uh, Carson Palmer, John Kitna, uh, Anthony Wright. These wow. are all over the last two decades, okay? And if you ask me, what like what, what does that list sort of have in common? It's that most of them are far inferior to C.J. Stroud. <laughs> C.J. Stroud, the offensive rookie of the year, or at least he will be, who largely did not play like a rookie this year, there should have been uh, – there were plenty of people on the Texans. So I was on the wrong side. There were plenty of people on the right side. But I, I should have given Stroud more, you know, but like more – just more historical context, more, you know, living in the, the moment of what he's accomplished this year – versus looking at the Cleveland defense in a dome and saying, yeah, they'll figure it out. They'll be there. Well, I'll tell you this. It's the first time, and uh, Frank Schwab does a great job. He's on the network all the time, and mm -hmm. uh, Yahoo Schwab, we were talking about this going back and forth today on X. It's the first time in the modern era that a rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback has won a division. Now, like I said to Frank, like I want to know who did it before the modern era. Like it, it, It's so mm. it, hard to think about that a, a rookie head coach – rookie quarterback changed everything in one yeah. year, not only win the division, now win a playoff game, 45-14, uh, as easy as it, as it gets. And now you start to go like, we were going back and forth, Frank and I, on kind of comps for C.J. Stroud. And, I, and look, I hate to say that, like, the, the running quarterbacks aren't going to work out, right? Like, you know, even mm -hmm. obviously we'll find out what Justin Fields turns into. We'll find out about Anthony Richardson once, once he's healthy. We'll find out about Mayo Boy in Tennessee. But all those big frame quarterbacks, they all run into linebackers and seemingly get hurt. You know what yeah. C.J. Stroud doesn't do? He doesn't run a whole lot. You know what mm -hmm. he does? He's shifty in the pocket. You know what he yep. uses his arms and his mm -hmm. intelligence. You know what he reminds me of Tom Brady. I mean, I'm not saying it's Tom Brady. I'm just saying that that's the parameters of the C.J. Stroud arc. And I think yeah, the that's... idea of a pocket passer doesn't need to be dead. Right. Exactly. Everybody, oh, we got to be able to move the pocket and get these guys. And I'm like, you know, not everybody's Lamar Jackson. Okay. Not everybody is. You can still play with a C.J. Stroud, big, big yep. guy, stand in the pocket, make throws, right? Even mm -hmm. Brock Purdy, who's shifty, but he's not a runner. He can make plays right. in the pocket or around the pocket. Like, 
you can get it done different ways. And I think maybe there was a knock on CJ Stroud for thinking, well, he's just not mobile enough. He doesn't have to be. <laughs> you know who knocked him? The Carolina Panthers. And they got the mobile guy. Yeah, how's that working out? How's that looking? Panthers fans are feeling great today. Just saying. When we come back, our buddy Tyler Dragon is going to join the program, talk more about the NFL playoffs next year on Sunday Bet Prep. This is Sunday Bet Prep on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for a betting edge throughout the NFL playoffs and the Super Bowl, we've got you covered here at VEASAN. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Get access to our daily best bets with a leaderboard to see which VEASAN expert has a current hot hand. Betting splits showing you where the money and the bets are moving for every single game, plus betting systems, premium analysis, 24-7 video access. Sign up today. Get your first 30 days for only $9.99 to see everything VEASAN has to help up your betting game. Visit VEASAN.com slash subscribe and sign up now. Back alongside Adam Kaufman, Dave Ross here, one of our favorite guests that we have. We, we try not to play favorites. We like all of our guests. Tyler Dragon's one of our faves. National reporter USA Today. You can follow him on X at the Tyler Dragon. Tyler, how are you, my friend? Doing pretty good. How are you doing this evening? We're doing all right. See how I did that? I just, you know, you, we got to be like, we have to play nice to every guest that we have on as one of our faves. We talked a lot this year, Tyler, about what's <laughs> going on in the uh, in the NFL season. Now that we're in the second season, and we got uh, two games now on Saturday, and now two games on Monday. Uh, does does it change for you how you look at the Bills and Steelers matchup when you back it up from what we are anticipating weather-wise on Sunday, and to be honest with you, Tyler, I don't know how different it's going to be on Monday. Yeah, well, the only difference is that you probably won't have inclement weather uh, in Buffalo then. It'll still probably be uh, very cold temperatures, but overall, the performance on the field, in my opinion, is not going to change. The Steelers will still be without probably their best overall player in T.J. Watt. Mm. Mason Rudolph is still going to uh, start, but what is this Steelers offense going to do? How are they going to be able to manufacture points? Uh, the Steelers are in this position because they played uh, complementary football probably better than any team in the NFL this season uh, when their offense leaves a lot to be uh, desired. But they're going up against the buzzsaw and the Buffalo Bills right now. Uh, you can make the case that the Bills are playing the best football in the NFL. They have the longest active winning streak right now. And Josh Allen's playing at a really high level. So I expect the Bills to handle business on Monday night. So that in mind, I'm with the Bills, I know we're projecting ahead. Obviously, it's Super Wild Card weekend. The Ravens, they had the first round bye, and, and that's the betting favorite to come out of the AFC naturally. But the way the Bills have played down the stretch, and Dave and I here have talked a lot about that down the line, would they, especially if they go out and have just a, a resounding win over the Steelers, do they gain any traction there in your mind? I mean, do, do you is there a single team in this conference that you really put head and shoulders above the others when it comes to making a run to the Super Bowl? I still believe the Ravens are the best team, and not only in the AFC, but in the NFL. They're the most complete team. They probably have the best player playing football right now in Patrick. I'm not in Lamar Jackson, <laughs> the way that he's playing, uh, yeah, I'd say Patrick Mahomes because he's probably the best overall, but <laughs> playing the best football right now 
is Lamar Jackson. Don't get it twisted. I mean, he's probably going to be MVP. But the way their defense has performed this year, a, a top five defense, and their offense, yes, you, you wish their passing game could develop a little bit more, but they could be getting Mark Andrews back. That's going to be a huge uh, boon for Baltimore. And then their running game, they kind of manufacture uh, running yards with Lamar Jackson and they don't have uh, their top two running backs, but they still get it done on the ground as well. So I think the Ravens are the best team in football right now, especially the AFC. Yeah, easy to make that uh, Freudian slip there with Lamar and Patrick because Lamar's about to be a two-time league MVP, so he's going to be right there with 15 <laughs> uh, for bragging rights right. for supremacy. Uh, let's look at the other three NFC games now in totality here. So the first game now on Sunday with the, the schedule change will be the Cowboys against the Packers. It was seven and a half for the majority of the week, but then came down to seven, Tyler. It means what a bit of Green Bay money has come in. Uh, the total has been pretty high and staying right there, 50 and a half a year. Look, I've been a big backer and proponent of Green Bay all year. They've cashed a lot of tickets for me, Tyler. I just, my concern, if I'm a Packer backer here, is not that it's too bright, the lights, but a little bit too young. Sometimes that can be a positive. Sometimes it's a negative. What do you make of the young Packers against the quote-unquote established Cowboys? I agree with you. It's uh, Jordan Love's first playoff start, and to me, the Green Bay Packers, they're a team that are, are glad to be in the postseason. Not a lot of expectations coming out of Green Bay entering the season. They kind of went on a run uh, towards the later portion of the season to get into the playoffs. And then when I look at their team, they're just not as talented as the Dallas Cowboys. But I, I do like Jordan Love. I like Aaron Jones. Uh, Christian Watson is a good deep threat in Romeo Dobbs. But overall, how are they going to be able to stop the Dallas Cowboys offense? You have uh, Alexander at cornerback, but really Green Bay secondary uh, is poor at best. And I do believe the Cowboys are going to be able to take advantage of a leaky Green Bay secondary. And then when I look at the Green Bay's offense, how are they going to block Michael Parsons? Mm. So it's going to be a tall task for Green Bay to go in Dallas and get the upset victory. Tyler, you couldn't see Dave fist pumping when you were touting the Cowboys. We had a graphic up, but but he is the Taylor Swift of Cowboys fans. He's very, very passionate, very loyal. Has a Dak jacket. It's really a, it's quite a spectacle. The uh, I couldn't be more excited for this Rams and Lions game. I mean, it's you know on one hand it's the Goff Stafford Bowl, obviously, but on the other, just factoring in the dome too. And we've been talking a lot about playing inside here on this show so far. I just think it's going to be a track meet. I think we're going to get a lot of points in this game. Offense is going to go crazy. And I'm on the Rams. You know, I, I would take the Rams on the money line, never mind with the points. How do you feel about this game? Man, uh, there are a lot of people who agree with you. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of people pick the Rams. However, I'm going to go with Detroit. I think they're going to ride that momentum. They haven't hosted a playoff game in 30 years, haven't won a playoff game since 19, uh, what, 91 season. So, they're going to ride that momentum, that crowd's going to be a raucous environment. And I believe that overall the Lions have beat teams because they are, are able to out-physical teams and win the battle in the trenches, especially with one of the best offensive lines in football. Uh, the Rams are going to have a trouble stopping the Detroit's run game. Uh, after Aaron Donald, I mean, who else in the Rams that's going to scare you up front? So as long as they're able to stop Aaron Donald and block him, maybe double-team him, chip block him inside, 
then I think the Lions are going to have some advantages. Now, the choice defense, that's another story. They're going to have some trouble stopping Puka Nakua and uh, Cooper Cup. But I do believe Detroit is going to win this game. I I can see a high-scoring game, though. Yeah, I definitely think we're going to get some points in that one uh, in the Motor City. Don't have to worry about weather inside that dome. And, you know, (laughs) I'm assuming Monday night, if we're excited about that Rams-Lions game, I think the least buzz of Super Wildcard Weekend is Eagles and Buccaneers. I mean, you know, they played early this year. Eagles went in there and got a relatively easy but a physical win over Tampa Bay. And since then, it feels like both teams – Arguably, have gotten worse, and I, I don't know what to make of this one. The number is up uh, to three. It was two and a half when it opened. A.J. Brown, we know, is out, and yet it hasn't moved the number at all, Tyler. How do we back the Eagles in this spot? Because I don't know that they, it's the easiest flipping on the switch for them. Yeah, I'm actually interested in this game because I want to see if this which Eagles team is going to show up. Is it going to be the Eagles team earlier in the season? Is it going to be the Eagles team that went on an NFC Championship game run? Or is it going to be the Eagles uh, that we saw in November and December? Um, if the Eagles show up like they did uh, last month in particular, they're going to be one and done in the playoffs. And really, I have to point to their secondary, their pass defense, ranked 31st. In the National Football League, Bradbury and Slade, they have underperformed all season long. And their pass rush. The Eagles had the best pass rush in the NFL last season. They were on record-setting pace, getting after the quarterback and accumulating sacks. And right now, they're nowhere to be found outside of Hassan Reddick. So which Eagles team is going to show up? Are they going to be able to get after the uh, passer? Are they going to be able to shore up things in the secondary? And then on offense, they have to be able to establish the run. The run game has kind of been non-existent for Philadelphia this year. If they're able to try to uh, be able to find a rhythm and get back to where they have found some, some success earlier in the season, and especially last year, they should have no problem in Tampa Bay, but it's going to be a tough challenge. I cannot believe they're actually talking about it. And again, actually talking could be just X talking about firing Nick Sirianni if things go south, down south in Tampa on Monday. Tyler, really appreciate the information all year, uh, not just today, my friend. Enjoy the rest of Super Wildcard Weekend. Of course. Have a great night. Talk to you soon. There he is, everybody. Tyler Dragon from the USA Today. Okay. Our favorite guest, Tyler Dragon. One of our favorite because I'll get yelled I hope, at. I, I just hope he's listening when you introduce somebody else that same way. That's all. <laughs> when we come back, let's talk a little bit more about that Rams and Lions game here because I think as I don't want to say we're not excited. We're all going to watch the Buccaneers and Eagles. We're expecting excitement in that Rams and Lions game. So let's break that one down a little bit further. Maybe even some player props that you might like in that one too, Adam. Come on back. Just getting it started right here on Sunday Bet Prep. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. 
Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sunday Bet Prep on VSIN, the sports betting network. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, is bringing you an offer that's going to help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet 5 bucks on any game and get 200 bucks instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code VEGAS only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code VEGAS and the crown, Adam Kaufman, could be yours. Mine? Could be. Could be. Because you get to put the 5 in, you get the 200 back, then you turn that in something, then you put a crown on your head. I I've always to... told my wife I'd like to feel like royalty just once. By the way, just the one time. By the way, you got a good haircut. I hope everybody, if you're listening or watching decent.com, nice haircut. Did, did wifey Thank make you. you get that or was that on your own? Uh, no, I mean, I, well, she didn't like drive me there, but yeah, I, I went and got it. My, I went and got it myself. <laughs> that was like a, a big boy. boy. That was Dave, a big I boy decision. I, I made the appointment and everything. But, That's what but I always it, say. It was, it was after like a week of her saying, your hair looks yeah, terrible. Yeah, I see. Can I go get a haircut or 
are we just is this just how we're living now <laughs> that's it i get that from mom and i'm like they're yeah. like oh did, did mom make you do that i'm like no i'm a big boy i made that decision all by myself yeah. Uh, I want to give a shout out, everybody. Uh, thank you for listening, uh, tweeting at us. Got a funny one here from Earn to Burn One on X. He heard me talking about my time at uh, Fort Sill, Oklahoma, an Army base. And we Marines don't like to go anywhere we're not wanted, so we would wake them up. And he says, there you go again, saying y'all woke up the Army, knowing damn well we kept y'all awake all night with artillery fire. Whoa. Oh, they did. <laughs> oh, they did. I still, my ears, I'm always like, when I had interns, you got to speak up. Can't hear a damn thing with all that arty fire going on over there in Fort Sill. Uh, we've got a, a fireworks show, we believe, tomorrow in the Motor City. It's the highest mm -hmm. total uh, of the weekend slate of Super Wildcard Weekend. And it's up to 51 and a half. I believe it hit some 52, so a little bit back down to 51 and a half. Yep. Now, the one question that I have and I'm expecting points, and like you, as we discussed with Tower Dragon in the last segment, I do lean Rams. It was three and a half. It's down to three. Mm -hmm. The Sam Laporta injury to me for Detroit is big. Like, that's, mm -hmm. that's big. Do you worry, if you're an overbacker in this one, that without Laporta, that maybe the Lions can't fight fire with fire, and then a different game plan emerges to kind of play keep away with that massive offensive line? That's fair uh, I don't really worry about it though I mean you still have Goff who's been excellent inside you still obviously have Amon Ross St. Brown you have you know the two running backs now granted the Rams are are actually pretty excellent against the run but Jamar uh, Jameer Gibbs is a you know a dual threat he can cast pat catch passes out of the backfield David Montgomery is still going to break off some runs but are you as dangerous as an offense without Sam Laporta or even if he does play a, a clearly not 100% Sam Laporta. No, of, of course you're not. And this goes back to, you know, we'll talk about this uh, a little bit more when we get into the Eagles Buccaneers game, but mm -hmm. this goes back to just poor, aggressive, downright stupid coaching that we saw in the regular season finale when, you know, you should be thinking about the long term and what are we trying to achieve? The Lions had nothing, and I mean nothing to play for in week 18. It took so much for them to move, you know, in terms of seeding. Like the Cowboys would have had to lose. The Eagles would have, uh, you know, had to lose mm -hmm. as well. It, there was it, like a, a trickle down effect of things needed to happen for Detroit to move out at where, you know, where it was virtually locked into. So the fact that you're putting important players out there and risking injury and in turn, potentially jeopardizing the second season, the, the games that really matter, it's foolish. It's, it's you know, same old aggressive Dan Campbell, you know, going for it in every way, shape, or form, and he paid for it. Laporta got banged up, and again, he's not right if he even plays at all. So, yeah, that's a concern. Can the Lions still win? Of course they can still win. But I do think that the Rams are the hotter, better, more experienced, more established, more cohesive, healthier team. You have Sean McVay, who has won a Super Bowl, and this is a, you know, he's been to the playoffs, he's been to the dance, he's been through this. There are no nerves or inexperience on his part. You know, obviously, Stafford has, you know, a, a great complement of weapons around him. Cooper Cup is healthy. Kyron Williams is healthy. He's another guy who can be dynamic out of the backfield, both as a runner and a pass catcher. Obviously, Puka Nakua was sensational as a rookie and continues to be. This team is 7-1 and one since it's by. It's putting up 
what, 28 points per game in that stretch of time. Mm -hmm. there, there are just so many advantages on the Rams side that I don't balk at the idea that people would select the Lions. I understand it. But, man, like, karma karma can uh, be a you-know-what. Well, and, and I think uh, I, I think Dan Campbell's about to experience that. Yeah, I'll tell you this, too. I, I look at this. You talk a little bit about house money. I think the Rams are playing with all of it right now, right? Because this was a team with win totals were around six and a half, seven. Mm -hmm. And if you gave me truth serum right now, and we went back and had this discussion in August, I would have only played the under because I thought they were closer to packing it up and maybe McVeigh's looking at a second career and broadcasting and Matty Stafford's wife didn't want him to play football and Aaron Donald's got the ring. So what else does he have to play for? Boy, was I wrong. I mean, they look committed I think this is Sean McVay's arguably his best coaching job. Like, sure. Yeah, when you win a Super Bowl, I get it. You're going to get the kudos and you should get your flowers for that. But that team was absolutely loaded, you know, top to bottom, offense, defense, everything. You know, they had Jalen Ramsey back then. I thought he was the best cover corner at the time in the NFL with Aaron Donald still in his prime, Stafford healthy, all of those things. This team right now could have easily checked out when Stafford got hurt in the Cowboy game. And they went through their lumps and didn't pack it in. As a matter of fact, they did the direct opposite and kind of reverse skated this thing. And now I really think McVay is going to be like, let's go show everybody, no, no disrespect, why we traded Jared Goff for Matthew Stafford. I, mm. like, like, he made no bones about this. He said this then, like, yeah, you know, we like Jared, but uh, we know we can't win with him. I mean, like, wow. And then he goes and wins a Super Bowl with the guy he traded for. So I think he wants to go back there and go, look, we didn't make a mistake. That was not a mistake. We got your quarterback from Detroit, and now we're really going to stick it to you and go to Detroit with your quarterback and do it again. And hmm. you're not going to have your key tight end potentially in Sam Laporta. Yeah, I'm with you. Kind of, to me, all roads look like the Rams. I, I like them on the money line, plus thirty-six in this one. I do like the over because what I could see is, you mentioned Dan Campbell, not a shot at Dan, but this thing, if they get down one, two scores, he's not going to be disciplined. He's not going to be like, yeah, we'll just stick with Jameer Gibbs and let's keep running the ball with David Montgomery. No, he's going to start throwing it all over the lot to try to make up for time because he knows Sands is going to go out of the other side of the hourglass. So I love the Rams in this spot. And if they get up on Detroit, this thing could get, it could get out of hand because I could just see that golf starts to press. And if he starts to press, who knows him better than Sean McVay and Raheem Morris on the other side of the defense coordinator? Nobody. I mean, those guys know they, tr they made Jared Goff. The kind of, you know, like he, that's the developmental side. And I know Detroit's with Ben Johnson, they got new wrinkles and you know, all this they know who he is, and they know him from his core, and they know him from day one. So, to me, I'm with it. It kind of, to me, looks like all roads lead to the Rams. Are there any player props that you really like on either side in this one? I wouldn't say there are any in this game that I absolutely love, but there are some that, that jump out. Again, I talked about Kyron Williams and just what a threat he is. I like his over for rushing and receiving. You know, it's, it's in the – depends where you look, obviously, but it's in the vicinity of – uh, 100, 101 and a half, you know, somewhere on that line, obviously. Uh, again, I, I like the over in this game. And so if you're if you're into the over and you're looking at uh, at at 
some of those totals, uh, you're you're going to be inclined to look at some of the receiver overs, running back overs, passing to like all of it. You're just you're you're over happy, not under happy. Another one rushing and receiving Jameer Gibbs. I probably wouldn't go to Montgomery. He doesn't catch too many balls, so you'd be expecting him to you know have a really big rushing day. But Gibbs uh, over 73 and a half is a good number for him as well. Uh, looking at the receivers. Uh, very quickly here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, maybe I wouldn't go with Cup. Cup's a little inconsistent. Puka Nakua over 76 and a half is certainly intriguing. Uh, Jamison Williams um, is worth thinking about at 34 and a half. I do like Josh Reynolds over 25 and a half. Ooh. A lot of the projections I've seen have, have him closer to 40. He is a boomer bust. Uh, I'll readily admit that, but it's a good total on him. You know, Demarcus Cousins, uh, Cousins, Demarcus Robinson, pardon me, uh, is uh, 44 and a half, and and he has been something of a safety blanket. Yep. He's he's almost been as relied upon as Cooper Cup was once upon a time. Not to say he's putting up Cup numbers or anything like that, but he's getting a, a consistent target share. He has sure hands, so he's getting a bunch of receptions. So whether you want to look over 44 and a half receiving yards for him. Or uh, even, you know, probably a better bet, just go to the receptions. You know, don't even worry about the yards. Over three and a half. It was four and a half, I'd hesitate. Three and a half, that's a good number at, at, you know, minus right around a buck ten. You know, when you break it down to kind of position by position, uh, to me, the only area where the Lions on either side of the ball have an advantage is the offensive line. Pass at, Mm -hmm. skill players, defense, all of it to me, and quarterback, favor the LA Rams. All right, when we come back, our number two, much more to get to as we continue breaking down Super Wildcard Weekend. Come on back. It's Sunday Vet Prep. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 